Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolgad here as we react to the New Orleans Saints victory over the Carolina Panthers, which puts them in the divisional round to face the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. Judd, we talked leading up to this game about how the last team of the three possibilities that the Vikings would want to face is the New Orleans Saints, and I think against Carolina we saw a lot of the reasons why. Yeah, if, if I'm a Viking fan, I definitely went into it today hoping, uh, praying that the Panthers won. They did not, but I will say this. As a football fan, I am so excited right now. I'm, I'm trying to think back to the last time that I was this excited for a single game and to watch Peyton go against Zim when it comes to game planning, right, Matthew? To watch Breeze go against this defense. And I will say this, the spotlight now is on especially one guy, Case Keenum. You're going to have to step up big time because I, I have no doubt that, uh, that Breeze against the, the Vikings defense will be an epic, great matchup. Uh, but we are now about to find out if, if what was a feel-good offensive and especially QB story uh, throughout this past year, if that uh, can carry you in the playoffs. Because anybody who thought who thought going into today, well, you know, Breeze is still good, but, I mean, the run game's really good, and he's, he's dropped off a bit. <laughs> we learned a little bit today. I mean, against Carolina, he was absolutely brilliant. Well, uh, I got a statistic for you. This comes from uh, the NFL PR Drew Brees, passing for more than 300 yards today, makes seven of his 12 career playoff games. He's gone over for 300 yards. The guys who have more career 300-yard playoff games, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. We are talking about Judd, an all-time great quarterback, and I've seen a lot from Drew Brees in the game against uh, Carolina today that said, yeah, he hasn't lost anything off of his fastball. He's, he's never had the strongest arm, but he's right. always been just incredible from a mental standpoint, incredible accuracy. And when the game got a little bit hairy there and Carolina started to make it close, he rolls out of the pocket and fires a perfect pass to Michael Thomas 
down the field. So it's not just Drew Brees making incredible throws, but it's also he's got playmakers to go along with it. He's got an offensive line to go along with it. I mean, this is a Saints team, Judd, that is top to bottom really, really good. I struggle to find a weakness that they have. If okay, uh, defensively they are much improved and they're and they're good. I will say this: I think the other cornerback. So so Lattimore is very good. I think the other cornerback. I don't want to say he's a weakness, but I think you're going to have to go after him um, because this is going and this is going to be a situation. Though I think most importantly, with the way that Breeze can move and, and the Saints offense can operate. I think the most important thing goes back to a discussion that we had the past couple weeks, which is this. The Vikings offensively are going to have to keep the ball. They're going to have to eat clock. The worst case in this game is if the Vikings offense struggles. I'm not saying that the Vikings defense can't slow breeze a lot, but what I am saying is there would get to be a point where if you ask them uh, to be on the field continually, it's going to be a big, big ask. So I think the starting point is the offense is going to have to operate efficiently and it's going to have to eat clock. And unlike the Panthers did, it's going to have to score touchdowns. Field goals will not do it. A couple here or there are fine, but the Vikings offensively are going to have to score some touchdowns. Now there have been a handful of times, especially the last couple of weeks, that the Vikings offense had long stretches of time where they were unimpressive. In Green Bay, we saw Case Keenum underthrow some balls. They only come away with 16 points there. Uh, against Chicago, who has a formidable defense, there was a long stretch where they were not all that effective. And against the Saints, I don't think you can have that because as good as the Minnesota Vikings defense is, and it is the number one defense in points and yards, so they are very, very good. Um, Asking them to do the same thing that they did the last couple of weeks, hold down Mitch Trubisky, hold down Brett Hundley so they can't possibly score on you, I don't think that that's going to be really possible with Drew Brees. Even at the beginning of the game against the Panthers where it looked like he was struggling a bit, he quickly got into rhythm, and that's a Panthers defense that is pretty good. And the thing that you can't let him do either is yep. get the ball to the running backs out of the backfield, which the Vikings have been extremely good. And this is where it speaks to your excitement over the matchup. And mine, too, is that those running backs coming out of the backfield are amazing players, Elvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. The offensive line is good for New Orleans, matching up mm-hmm. against the Vikings' defensive line. Judd, when I sit down to do my position-by-position position preview here, I think I'm going to find a lot of times that there's a great, great matchup between these two teams. And as you mentioned, the head coaching matchup is going to be great as well. So where do you think uh, that that the Saints offensively have the best chance uh, to exploit the Vikings on defense? Where, where would you start with, Collar? Well, I think it's just the fact that Drew Brees can make throws even when guys are covered. That I, I saw a stat today that the Vikings have the best defense or second best defense in the NFL when opposing quarterbacks throw against defensive backs. So whether that's Harrison Smith or Terrence Newman or Trey Wayne's just DBs, opposing quarterbacks only have a 70 quarterback rating. Well, a, yep. a lot of that, though, is that quarterbacks are not throwing into the coverage or when they do. Um, the Vikings defensive backs have been able to make plays. Five interceptions for Harrison Smith. Xavier Rhodes has had a great year. Well, Drew Brees, I've seen a number of times in this game, and he's done it for his entire career. 
He can see a guy covered and put it in the only spot that that guy could possibly catch the ball. And Trey Wayans, the one criticism of him is he doesn't always play the ball the best. And that's where I might be a little bit concerned that they would try to attack him that way. You just hit on on the thing that I've been uh, been th- thinking since I started to watch this game, which is uh, Trey Waynes. I, I think properly so has been praised. I mean, Waynes is a guy who three year, years ago we said was this guy really deserving a first round pick, and he's coming along so slowly. And Rhodes at, at the time was uh, uh, certainly maturing into a great player, which he's become. And I honestly, while I think that Breeze will throw at Rhodes on occasion on Sunday, I don't think he's going to go at him consistently, certainly, Collar. But I think Waynes is going to be picked on. And I think they're they're going to find out. Because the one thing that has really impressed me about Waynes this year is Waynes has been picked on. Waynes has given up completions and made immediate tackles. But Breeze is different, right? And so, so I don't think that Drew Breeze is going to look at Waynes' film and say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he's going to look and say, how can I exploit his problems? So I'm with you. I think the I think the Wayne's matchup against whomever he gets, and I also think Breeze's ability to use his tight ends is going to be really interesting to watch unfold uh, when these teams play next Sunday. Just want to let everyone know about the Purple Podcast Big Game Special Edition powered by Sprint. Courtney Judd and I will be talking about all things associated with the big game. We'd like to thank Sprint for their partnership with this special edition podcast. And to learn more about how you can get Sprint's incredible unlimited plan that includes Hulu, visit a local Sprint store today. Sprint, it works for me. And one of the things that the Vikings have done so well is they've brought Harrison Smith up to the line of scrimmage, and they've basically said, okay, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to throw at Xavier or at Trey Waynes down the field, and you're going to have to make great throws, and your wide receivers are going to have to make great plays. Now, I do trust that Xavier Rhodes can slow down Michael Thomas. He already did it once, but and Ted Ginn is not by any means a great receiver, but I think that Breeze can make those throws. I, I think he's the the one quarterback, one of very few in the NFL that you can bring up your safety and you can try to shut down the, those little drop-off passes that they succeed a lot with and just say, okay, beat us with great throws. And Breeze is one of the few quarterbacks that can just say, okay, I'm going to beat you with great throws then. And well, you and, and I, one thing I was alluding to and that you talked about a little bit also is just going to be the, the strategy here from the two coaches because they've seen each other once uh, quite a while ago. All the both way Parcells back, guys, too, though. Yep, both Parcells guys. They saw each other way back in week one, but they uh-huh. know at least some of each other's tendencies from that game. And Zimmer does the same thing every week on defense. His guys just execute and they win. I Outside of what they do with Harrison Smith, I think it's mostly execution rather than deception that uh, helps the Vikings defense, that they have a very sound system and they stick with it. They do the mm-hmm. same thing a lot from a week-to-week basis. Who do you think has the advantage in the coaching matchup? Is it Sean Payton because he's won a Super Bowl? Is it Zimmer because he saw their offense once already this year and was able to slow it down? What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh, that's incredibly tough. Um, the coaching edge in this one, you know what I'm going to do? Be a homer for once. 
And here's why. Mike Zimmer has a slight coaching edge because his defensive system collar works so well. And guess what? Everybody's healthy. So, so I think the fact that, that Zimmer can put a defense that he, I think, completely trusts on the field to execute a game plan that, that we know to be very, very good is absolutely huge. Because ordinarily by a game like this, you're down what? On average, one or two guys have just been hurt or lost. Uh, so, so I'm going to give Zim the slight edge here. But I'm telling you, this is a heavyweight coaching matchup. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because Peyton and Zimmer are coming from, from the same tree, basically, from Parcells. But, you know, certainly one, one is an offensive genius. And Sean Peyton, for all his, his faults as a person, I guess you could say fairly, uh, is an offensive, really, really smart play-calling guru type of guy. And Zim's very good. So I'm going to give Zim the slight edge based on the fact that um, that his game plan will be put in with a defense that is entirely healthy. Well, and, yeah, the defense being healthy and also the offense, some of the players being dinged up like Kyle Rudolph uh, will have a extra chance here to get healthy. And they also will have an opportunity – to decide what they want to do on the offensive line, whether it's going to be Jeremiah Searles or whether they decide to go with my idea, which is keep Mike Remmers at guard and have Rashad Hill play right tackle and Joe Berger play left tackle. Uh, Doogie, Darren Wolfson, on the TV side reported that Pat Elfline should be fine and he's going to be back. But, you know, the the one thing uh, that the Vikings will have to take seriously, or they will, but fans can keep an eye on this, uh, is Cameron Jordan. Judd, if you've watched this game closely, you've seen Cameron Jordan batting down passes, getting after the passer, creating a lot of pressure, dominating Matt Khalil on one play where he basically picked him up and pushed him all the way back to the quarterback. That's going to be a major challenge. And as, as well as I think that Riley Reef and, and Rashad Hill have played, because they'll move Jordan around a lot of times, he's coming off the uh, quarterback's right side. He's he's a he's a huge problem, and I, I think this game really will test Case Keenum's ability to play under pressure where he's been so good this year. Yeah, that's true, and also uh, keep in mind, as good as Case has been, this is now a different step, right, Collar? I mean, this is now now you're going from from a really feel good regular season, hey, you play great story to playoff games, and playoff games are different. So, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be this. The factor that I'm most curious about is how Keenum plays because because Breeze and the Saints offense is really, really good. And the Vikings defense is the same, okay? So I think that there's a there's a fighting chance that those two things offset each other, that the Vikings give up some points, but they certainly don't get drilled. So now the question becomes, can you score your twenty two points? And and the question also becomes, can a guy who who had been a career backup essentially until now, who has stepped in and played great, can he now step into a playoff environment where things completely change, intensity goes up more, and can, can he win? I, I just don't know. And I think Vikings fans will obviously come back and say, of course he can, he's been great all year. But we've all seen it. The playoffs are very, very different. And and the game plans are different too. So, so Keenum to me is the X factor now of, okay, let's see it. And if Keenum can do it, if Keenum can win one, two, or God bless him, three games, guess what? That is how guys who are, are 29 going on 30 earn absolutely massive contracts 
and were expected before that, you know, to get one-year deals. So, so Case Keenum to me is the most interesting factor because if he can succeed on Sunday, that will show us something and to for us to say, you know what, this guy actually legitimately might be your QB for the next, take your pick, three years, four years, whatever. So if I was to give you a percentage level, how confident, like a, like a confidence meter, right, like zero to 100, I like how, it. how confident do you think that you are and then Vikings fans about the prospects of Case Keenum leading them to a victory in the playoffs over Drew Brees? Um, so, so it's it goes from I'm sorry, one to ten here. Uh, one to uh, zero to a hundred, or I guess one because you're not going to put it at zero. Yeah. So one to one hundred. Um, for you, and then for wow. your perception of the fan base. I think the I think the fan base would be a little bit leery, not probably as as leery as I am. I would put the fan base between seventy five and eighty. I personally would put it at for me. I'd say between 65 and 70. Wow, I mean, that is, high, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, he's played – he has not played great. He's played well a lot of times, and at times he's played great, although although I think the the rabid purple Kool-Aid drinking Viking fan would t- tell you he's played great a lot, which is not true. But, yeah, I'd say between – I'd say in the mid-60s for me. But, as I said, nothing's going to surprise me. Because he's going to go into that game knowing that he is the factor. He is the guy that everyone's going to look at and say, okay, now let's really see it. Well, the hard part for me on the confidence meter for myself in case, um, for one, is that all along this is what the conversation has been about. It's been about, yeah, we know he can win the division, but can he really beat a team in the playoffs? That's been where my biggest question has landed at the same time. With the way Stefan Diggs has played the last couple weeks, here's an here's an odd thing for you that might surprise Purple Podcast listeners and probably yourself as well. Stefan Diggs actually finished the season with a higher score from Pro Football Focus than Adam Thielen. Interesting. And part of that is that they don't do it by fantasy stats. So if you miss a couple of games, they're just only doing it on your games. You're not getting punished for sure. missing those games like fantasy stats would. Uh, so, uh, with him playing at the level that he is, I think that there's no good way to stop those two guys. And even if Case Keenum has his moments during a game, as, as long as he doesn't throw interceptions, they're going to be able to, to move the ball that way. They're going to be able to find those two guys. And even if the Saints do slow down their running game, and that's the other part of it too where I would give them a pretty big advantage, is the Saints are not one of the best teams in the NFL against the run. So you know that if Pat Schirmer can find ways to get the ball to Thielen and Diggs, even if they're short passes, and let them run with it and run the football, then I, I have a tough time thinking that Drew Brees is just going to be able to score enough points against this defense to keep up with that. Because yeah. what they've done against good offenses, they've kept them off the field. So if Brees never has the ball, he can't beat you. That's the point. Right. That's the exact point here, though. The exact that's the most important thing. If Breeze has the ball, if Breeze has the ball all the time, it's not just that he's great. It's that if you tax your defense in a playoff environment to the point of where they're exhausted, collar, you're in huge trouble. So yes, to me, the most important statistic, um, aside from the fact that you can't obviously turn the ball over, 
in the game. The most important statistic that you can look at is going to be time of possession because mm-hmm. if you can if you can keep the ball offensively and you can score some touchdowns, you're going to be in extremely good shape. If you're going to put your defense out there against Drew Brees time and time again, and he's going to dink and dunk you and then go deep downfield, guess what? It's going to be a long, long day. Um, to my Keenum point, here's the other factor of why I am why I am I wouldn't say I'm confident, but why I have some faith here. Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer to me has called magnificent games all year long. Pat Shermer has clearly in some way, shape, or form been a common influence on Keenum at times. And so the one thing is I think importantly, Keenum is going to go into this game with a support system of sorts, and he's going to do it with a guy he trusts. Uh, Shermer's excellence to me is a huge, huge part of, of why Case has been so good. And if he's going to be good on Sunday, I think it's going to again come at least partially from the fact that the offensive coordinator has had a magnificent year to me. So we're going to do podcasts breaking down every element of this matchup, uh, Judd. But So I won't hold you to this until we've really gone in depth on every area. We've got injury reports. We know all those things. So yep. we'll, we'll do that later in the week where I will hold you to a prediction. But for right now, just your first feeling after watching the games this weekend, after watching the Saints play, your first thought on who wins Viking Saints. Oh, gosh. I'm so torn right now on this. and It's going to be such a good game. Um, my, my gut feeling right now in watching these teams play, Breeze going on the road, um, I'm going to go Vikings by about three points, two or three points. If this game is was in the Superdome collar, I would definitely say Saints by the same. Uh, but I'm going to go with this defense, having faith that the offense can come up with enough of a game plan to keep uh, the Saints' offense themselves off the field. I'm going to go initial reaction pick, Vikings by two or three points. I mean, I agree with your analysis on the key points there, but I think my first thought is to go the opposite way by three points to go with the Hall of Fame quarterback in a very, very close game. I just tend to lean with history over the last 10 years and even the history of the sport going back farther. If you're not using, if you're not using Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson as your examples, it's very difficult for you to find times where average quarterbacks represent their team in the Super Bowl. Rep- right, you know, but this I'm, is the first... This is just step one, Matthew. That's this true. Is That's true. One. And how about how about the fact that there is a very good chance if the Vikings are going uh, to make it back to the Super Bowl since the first time since what the nineteen seventy six season, I believe it. It was uh, January of seventy seven. Yeah. How about the fact that they are om- that there is a very good chance they're going to have to go through the Saints and Falcons. <laughs> You're going to have to beat Drew Brees and Matt Ryan back to back. It is that the, is, it is you are going to. I don't care if, if those games are home or away, and clearly, if you play the Falcons, it, it would be home. But you are going to earn that if you make the Super Bowl, you are going to earn that going through those two quarterbacks. I think people calling it the redemption tour is absolutely right on and perfect. And you know, so the thing with picking Breeze is just going with what's happened in the past, but with this Vikings roster, I thoroughly believe that they could beat anyone 100% that they could beat any team because of the amount of talent here. And even if Case Keenum doesn't play a perfect game, 
they could still beat a Hall of Fame quarterback because of how good their defense is. I lean very slightly percentage points in that way, but this is about as good of a matchup as you could ever ask for. My only qualm here or quarrel yeah, with this what is, it? is the system in the NFL. It's time to just take the best records and make it oh. one versus 12 or you're, whatever. You're reading, you're reading my mind after being forced to watch your old Bills ball play the Jaguars today. You're playing this next week is like it'll feel like playing the Super Bowl. It will. It'll absolutely feel like playing the Super Bowl when it is Saints and Vikings. Those are probably the two best teams in the NFL, if not the Patriots too. And the Steelers deserve to be in that conversation. I want yep. to see instead of the first round buy system and everything else, I'd love to see everyone play, make it this wild weekend, and have the Bills play the Patriots in that first round, and or or just well, or just whoever. Just just take six. Just take sixteen seed six. The sixteen best teams. Yes, yes, yes. Right, exactly. And then just that's, put it in that's the, a, you know sixteen best teams. That's a key part of it too. Is that take the best teams so Seattle would be in this and not Buffalo and not force everyone to watch that bleep show that happened. Here's what I want. It was it was a despicable display of sports. Here's what I want. <laughs> when 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 Goodell and his buddies show up for work tomorrow, I want the FBI at the door. And I want all of the National Football League executives arrested because <laughs> be, because they they should be thrown in the clink for forcing us to watch Blake Bortles. Oh you, yes, if I you agree. force us to watch Blake Bortles, you should be indicted. He for is fraud. He is Tim fraud Tebow on the American public because Blake because if you really think that Blake Bortles is a National Football League quarterback, you are perpetrating a fraud on the public. Is he not Tim Tebow with some of those throws? I mean, just oh, wobbly, can't throw screen passes or bubble screens. He ran for more yards than he passed. It, it was embarrassing. It, it was it was just an awful display of, of football. And the fact that people had to watch that as opposed to an actual maybe good team. I, I mean, the Jaguars are in their way in, but them playing against a team that maybe was a little better than that, I don't know. Uh, but change the system. I think we would all be for changing the system, just putting the teams with the best records in, throwing out the AFC-NFC part of it would even be fine with me entirely. So maybe you could have Pittsburgh play against Seattle in the first round. I, I would be totally good with that. Anyway, uh, all right, Judwell, we're going to have a lot of stuff this week. It's going to be uh, some different interviews. We're going to break down the offensive versus defensive line. We're going to talk a lot about Case Keenum, and then I've got a big article at the end of the week coming on Keenum's rise to the Vikings quarterback. so But you hate him. <laughs> how, how can you write about him when everyone knows that you can't stand yeah, him? Yeah, that's tough. That's right. That is I'm very confused by this. Being such a hater and all that I am. I know you are. <laughs> okay, Judd. All right, we, we, bye. Will, we will talk again soon. And thank you all for yeah. listening to the Purple Podcast. Stay tuned. Bye. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.